What's going on, everybody? Cody Pasby back with you for another edition of Wax Packs and Warning Tracks live from the National in Atlantic City. First time we're taking the show on the road. Of course, you probably already heard some of our episodes of The Hype. If not, check it out. The Hype, Mojo Sessions. We've had a lot of interviews, had a good time, and very, very excited for this one today. Good stuff. I mean, I've been perusing the whole show floor, like some incredible cut autos, some incredible vintage baseball. Gonna snag some good deals, seeing some good Manny Machado rookies. That's kind of a guy I'm eyeing right now, especially because he might be playing with Juan Soto very soon. If not, he might be listening to this and Juan Soto's a Padre or Juan Soto's a Mariner or a Dodger. I don't know. Hopefully not a Dodger. I'm sorry to Dodger fans. But we talked about that and much, much more with our guest on today's show. You might know him as former big league pitcher, but you might actually know him a little better as a sports card enthusiast, shop owner, podcaster, Anthony Renato, former big league pitcher, made the move to sports cards after the big league career ended. He's got a great shop in Baton Rouge. He's got his own podcast as well. We talked about all of that, his move from the big leagues to the card world uh and just talk some baseball talk about how you got in the hobby really fun stuff with anthony renato here is my conversation with anthony i am pleased to be joined by a guy who is in sports cards now but uh, if you're a baseball fan you might know this guy as, as a former big league pitcher he is anthony renato anthony Thanks so much for joining us, dude. The show, thank man. you. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was a formal intro. That was nice. That was thank good. You. That was yeah. good. I appreciate we, that. We try to we try to run a tight ship here. Yeah. You know, we uh, at least we try to like give the appearance that that's well, what we're doing. The appearance is, is flawless. You, you're killing that. Yeah, well, we're checking all those boxes yeah. for sure. But I was saying, like, yeah, we had like these mics were a, a life series because like we were right by the PSA here, and like you probably have already heard it. It's like it's that sh- yep. that shrill like yep. all of our there it was right there. Yeah, uh, all of our listeners Slapping were like, mood. man, yeah. great content, but like that thing. It's like piercing my ears, so like this is like isolating a little better. Yeah. So it's good, man. Very nice. Yeah, yep. things are good. Yeah. Uh, so you just got in, is that it, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I flew into New Jersey or Philadelphia on Wednesday, um, but I'm from New Jersey originally, yeah. so I had to check the boxes, go see the family. We did some Italian food cooking or eating, you know. Nice. And uh, I have a couple employees with me or coworkers with Cards and Culture, and uh, so I gave them a little taste of Jersey. Uh, and then we went up to New York actually and watched the Yankee game last night. Oh my God! Yeah. So, so you got to see the judge, dude. Walk. It was unbelievable, and so. Uh, DJ LeMahieu was my was one of my best friends, so nice. he left us some field passes. We went down there, did that thing, um, and then yeah, I actually called the walk off too. We filmed it, everything. I knew it was going to happen. It's no. incredible <laughs> that that guy. I mean, obviously one of the most prolific power hitters of this generation, and yet like going into this season, not a single walk off home run. That's, and now he's at three, right? Yeah, three, and I think he's got a couple other walk off hits too. Like right. just like yeah, but yeah, crazy that he never did that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you grew up a Yankees fan. Yes. I'm okay, yes. so uh, I gotta ask you. I feel like where you at with where's judge landing like how are you gonna feel if he leaves i'm gonna be disappointed i want to see like you know he's just one of those things i think i don't know i feel like he's the storybook you were drafted by the yankees you you you, he's gonna win i think he already won the mvp you know that one year that he had he's gonna win it this year hopefully they win a world series you know that kind of stuff so storybook wise and and a a kid that grew up in new jersey i definitely would love to see it happen you know um but who knows i'd love to see him test the water maybe break some free agency records and stuff and so we'll see i mean it sounds like he's definitely gonna try to i mean rumors are floating around but it's like Yankees off from like 31 to 32 million average. He's looking for like 35 to 36. And hey, man, when you hit like 
the way he's playing right now. How can you argue it? You can't argue you it. You can't. You really can't. you got to pay the man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I will say, uh, yeah, uh, full discretion, I'm a Giants fan. I was going to ask. Okay, because so you're fact, from the Bay Area. Yeah, from the Bay Area. Yeah. So the fact that he's, like, laying these hints here and there, like he's – I think there was an interview. He's like got a Buster Posey jersey behind him. He's, yeah. He talked about how much he loved playing with Dusty Baker in the All-Star game because really? he grew up with Giants fans. I'm like, okay, I really don't want to get my hopes up. but <laughs> Getting excited. He's laying the foundation right now. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. They've paid for some big free agents in the past. They so, have. yeah, they that could have. happen. They, I would love to see it. Yeah, it would, be, it would be incredible. Uh, let's talk about your journey into yep. sports cards. So, obviously, you, you start as a big league pitcher. A uh, few years in the bigs, yep. and you leave that. And what then spurred that to that 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 move yeah. into this world? Well, originally, I, I mean, it honestly started in 2017, 18. My dad sold my house that I grew up in. I had just finished baseball, um, so I was kind of like just in limbo, you know, not really knowing what to do. I was doing baseball lessons, you know, doing all that stuff. Um, and then I started a podcast, and the podcast was kind of interesting to me because I was meeting entrepreneurs, you know, investors, business people, former athletes, that kind of stuff. Kept me in the game a little bit. Um, wound up starting a gym, and I had a gym in town. Like, I bought into a franchise, and then COVID hit as soon as we started opening the gym. And just to make a little extra money and keep myself busy, I started flipping basketball cards, and that was when the market exploded, you know, last dance stuff. So I was like, man, this is kind of fun. And I took all the the profits and just started a business and was like, I'm going to take these profits, put them into this business, like start a business, have it a business account. One thing led to another, started selling art, sneakers, things on the website. And I was yeah. just like, man, we got a little thing going here. And I got the podcast. So like, what if I created a really cool space where it could be dual purpose for experiences, kind of change the game a little bit of the association of the way collectible shops traditionally looked and yeah. at least in my area and stuff like that. Um, and so I just saw an opportunity and, and like I said, it was during COVID. So um, I'm in a prime location in Baton Rouge. We don't have a lot of foot traffic area, you know, walking malls, that kind of stuff. Sure. But I'm there in the one spot in town, and it's like higher demographic stuff. So it just fit the mold, and um, and that's kind of what, what led me there, yeah. That's been one of the coolest things, I feel like, in this, like, blow up in the hobby the last few years is the shops, like, from when we were kids. Yeah. Like, I feel like we've all got, like... My shop was this, like, really dingy, like, yeah. the lighting was bad. It smelled funny. The, the owner had a really, like, a very noticeable bad wet toupee. <laughs> like, and that's where I went, like, every week to buy whatever it was, Pokemon cards right, yeah. or baseball cards or whatever. Yeah. And it's just so cool that, like, this young generation now, like, you're part of that. And, like, we've got a shop, too. Like, it's in inviting people into these spaces where it's just like stay hang out for a while yep. rip some cards like well, you know whatever it may be yeah. it's just like and you kind of have to do that to keep yep. up yep. Uh, in this world where it's just like it's all about it's more than just the product you're delivering exactly. it's about the personality behind it like it, it's such a it's so much different yeah you know and for me too and you're saying that's it was about connection right like yep. i got to play at lsu from new jersey the fan, I played ball all over the world. I got to play in Korea, Japan, different things like that, right? The fans at LSU were different than anywhere else I played. So it was like one of those things. I wanted to give back to a community that gave me my, my start, you know, and my opportunity in life. Um, and when kids walk in the door and I get to tell them I played in the major leagues, looking at my jerseys, gloves, and we're just talking for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, even if they don't buy anything, they walk out of there with a positive experience. They met a major leaguer, maybe signed something, you know, or maybe their dad watched me at LSU, you know, because it's yeah, yeah. I'm getting so old that it's coming around now that they have kids and everything, <laughs> guys that I went to college with and everything thing so uh, but it's fun that's where I get to connect and, and kind of you know share some of my experiences and um, that to me is what like made my career worthwhile you know and I didn't have the an ultra success, successful career on the field you know in the major leagues I, I think it was successful and I had a great 
start in my life, but that's what it's about, you know, being able to connect with the youth and pass on my knowledge and experience, and, and hopefully they get to, you know, learn from me and, and grow with me too. Exactly. Make it worthwhile. Yeah. Hell, you're still part of that 1%, you know. Exactly. That's that's always how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, Cards and Culture, of course, is, is the name. Yep. Uh, I want to go back to your big league career for yeah. a second. Um, when you were in the bigs, were there – I mean, it's such a different beast now from back when you were playing, but, like – were there collectors among the players? Like, were players collecting as much, or is that kind of like, because obviously, like, Matt Strom is like a big name, not yep. just on the field, but like in this hobby is such a big name now of what he's built. Um, were there guys like that in the big leagues at that time? You know what's funny is, no, I don't, I don't think so. Not that I saw, at least. And yeah. it was like, kind of like, wasn't cool, right? It was like almost taboo. And, and, and this is where I, again, I saw an opportunity in this industry because there was such a stigma with athletes where they were like, oh, that's a collector. He's, a, he's just trying to get my autograph and sell it, right? right? So I was like, how can we create this where it's a better experience for the athlete, where they enjoy this too, you know? Um, so no, I, I didn't see it as much. And, and I actually stopped collecting cards because of that a little bit, you know? And it was weird that people were asking for my autograph. I was signing the cards that I was collecting, yeah. you know? So I actually transitioned into sneakers and I was like buying and selling sneakers a little bit in, in pro ball as my collecting fix, you know, type thing. Um, but I wish there was guys, man. I, I wish. And it would have been cool to do that um, while I was playing and everything, too. Yeah. Like, it just would have been so cool. So, But no, unfortunately, I didn't really see it too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that, especially, like, the, the environment was such a different beast. Like, it, 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 I guess I should ask this. Like, is it, like, maybe the, even the awkwardness of, like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Like, I know all the stories behind this guy. Like, yeah. you know, pulling, like, a card that, like, I'd be freaking out over. Like, I got this guy's first bowman. It's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know stories about that guy. Like, yeah, whatever. I, I think that's the cool part about the hobby, right, is, like, if people are in it, they get to talk about those guys and share those things, right? So sometimes when I'm breaking baseball, I'm like, hey, guys, we're breaking 2014 cards so I can tell stories, Just exactly what you said. Awesome. Like, dude, this was my teammate. Let me tell you a funny story about him, you know? And when people get to listen, maybe they're not breaking, but, you know what I'm saying, they're just getting some, some cool knowledge, hearing right. something different. And then when they do want to break, maybe they come into ours, you know, and, like, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a cool journey so far for sure. Yeah, yeah. What do you find yourself gravitating? to the most right now uh, of, of the sports or it may not even be sports if, yeah. if it's like Pokemon or something else I love vintage Pokemon that's that's I would say number one for me is probably that number two it's it's 1a 1b type thing I, yeah. basketball I swear to god I love basketball it was my favorite sport growing up I just happened to be better at baseball and fell in love with baseball along the way you yeah. know and and really fell in love with the intricacies of the sport and the pitcher catcher hitter you know psychology that kind of stuff but basketball has always been my first love and to me that's what got me back into the hobby was watching basketball and being like and I was playing a lot of 2k right so you can kind of know when guys are going to be budding superstars and I was like man I would love to invest in it. and that would and cards were a way to kind of invest in young players careers of like I think this guy's going to take off and when John Zion came out that's when I really really got into it because everybody was buying Zion but I'm like Jaw's my guy like I love Jaw. so like that's what really kind of got me back into the hobby being like a feeling like I was doing something that other people weren't you know and yeah. trying to make money that way and now it's been really fun for me selling some of those cards and making some re returns and stuff that John Zion debate it's still like shocking to me it's kind of started to come around but like it still kind of feels like jaw has gone up and zion hasn't gone down so much and now they're almost like it even yeah. at this point which god considering everything jaw has accomplished in what three years right. this doesn't make any sense to me at all that jaw and zion are basically on equal footing in this hobby and i you know we've had conspiracy theories as to why a lot of people got a lot of money invested in zion so hey that's you know I, there's really i don't think there's the wrong answer i think zion's still like I agree. incredible talent i believe in zion and but it's, it is funny what you say imagine if zion was doing what or has accomplished oh can you imagine what his market would be like oh my god it would be absolutely 
absolutely ridiculous. There so would that's be like, no, almost no comparison. Exactly. That's what he's doing yeah. right now. Uh, let's talk about uh, your international time. Yeah. I, I want to get to know about this because yes. I'm like really intrigued about the thought, the idea of like trying to find something different for base as a baseball collector. Like before the season started, uh, me and a coworker were like looking at Seiya Suzuki, and we're like. Where do you get Seiya cards? Yeah. Like, there's still nothing out yeah. there right now for his rookie stuff. Yep. Um, but there are, like, Tops is actually starting to get a little heavier into, like, the Japanese leagues right now. You play in the KBO. Yep. Do you think there's a big future with baseball collectors? Maybe it's maybe obviously not as big as what we're seeing right now. But, like, I'm just really intrigued of, like, what that the international market, especially in baseball, I think more than any other mm-hmm. sport, uh, maybe in basketball as well with some EuroLeague stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, what do you think about that? Like, investing maybe an alternate investment in some of those, like, Japanese, uh, Korean leagues, yeah. stuff like that. It's extremely interesting to me. Yeah. And I could, I can see a future where that is a huge role. And depending on what Fanatics does coming in, you know, and how they want to expand, I think that's an opportunity to explain, ex- like, expand more globally, really. You know, Asian culture loves baseball, like, loves their baseball. When I went over there, it was it was – it was one of the most fun times in my career. I was absolutely awful throwing the baseball, so that took away from the experience <laughs> a little bit. But other than that, it was incredible. The fans were awesome. The people were awesome. My translator and the, and the teammates were absolutely incredible. And like I said, just the love and affinity for the game and the respect. So I do think that if Tops or whoever wants to come in and really invest in that market, I do think that we would see um, you know, a nice return on it. And I think it would be a cool pop. And I think, too, like I said, with – digital currency and crypto and different things the way that you know asian culture um, adapts and innovates i think that it would be really interesting as nfts and digital collectibles expand to see how that market reacts to it yeah it's just like the asian market i think especially for like big releases we're seeing it more and more now because i mean they're just ripping stuff first yep like in general like there's some of the huge hits are coming out of china and they're yep. coming out of you know in the in the pacific region basically yep. so yeah i think that's kind of like an untapped market like yeah. to keep an eye on especially like you know with shohei stuff like yep. that's the stuff that I keep an eye on. That's uh, that that would be really intriguing. Absolutely, you know? I think, and I think it's cool just to have different stuff. You know, that's not MLB licensed, but it has great value. You know, yeah. like for real, and with great players too. Yeah, there's always a place. Yep. for for all these different types yep. uh, 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 of products. Uh, yeah, playing in in Korea. Yeah, if you want, you kind of yeah. you kind of touched on it a yeah. little bit. Like, uh, just the differences, uh, the things you took away from it. Like in in general, like how did that. How does it compare, like the fan bases, like the passion and, and the excitement? How does it compare to like playing in the big leagues and, yeah. and the types of fan bases you see in America? You know what I love about there was there was none of this like that's an unwritten rule type stuff. You know, there was I'm th- I'm warming up throwing the first pitch of the game, and there's a. I don't even know, a forklift going up with a DJ with a mic, and he's dancing, and they got cheerleaders <laughs> on the dugout. I'm like, I'm like in my delivery, I'm like, should that be playing? You know? And I'm like throwing pitches, and I'm like, all right, I guess we're doing this. So that, like that kind of stuff. They're just making noise. It's loud. It's fun. They're dancing, you know. Um, so that kind of stuff was really cool to see, just their fan engagement, how much they love their teams over there, how much they love baseball. And then ready for this one? Smoke breaks in the fifth inning. We literally, it was like a timeout, like a halftime. Yeah. And all the coaches and players would just go to the clubhouse and smoke heaters. And they would just sit there, and they wouldn't even talk. They would just sit there with their legs crossed and just sit there, smoke heaters. And I'm like... What's going on? So Korea baseball is like simultaneously in the year 2050 and also in the year 1970. Exactly, a little bit of both, a little combo of everything. Yeah. Oh my god! Still smoking dude. heaters, like, dude, it's unbelievable. But that was that was one of the crazy things. And then uh, I would say like just the quality of play. Um, 
defensively was a little less than here like just okay. the, the quality of defense so like there's a lot more runs given up and hits like everybody's like oh it's an offensive league i'm like yeah because that ball is caught in the gap in the mlb right and then right guy takes too long double clutches infield single it's not a single it's an error like that should be a play you know what i'm saying little things like that um and then managers are ultra involved and over managed where they make defensive plays in the middle of an at bat so games are super long i'm not even kidding man i'm jeez seventh inning umpire i mean manager calls timeout makes a defensive sub and takes the right fielder out puts somebody else in next in two two count next play makes a diving play like i was like i remember that happened one time that was like i was like all right well at least that worked you know but half the time it's just like why did we do that you just wasted five minutes and you do that five times a game right you know what i'm saying then we have smoke breaks are are the rules different about like if like the player can't come back in like traditional no, yeah, baseball, exactly. right? Okay. He's out. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's just so trippy to be like, hold up, time out. Like, I need the right fielder out. Go ahead and run out there. I'm like, what yeah. is happening? I mean, right when now? they make the diving catch, yeah, exactly. You burn a player and like, hey, yeah. it, it was kind of cool to watch that one play. But that was about it. Where I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, like to watch that. But that didn't happen all the time. Yeah, no, <laughs> I can't imagine. Gosh, yeah. that's wild. Yeah, it was wild. Hey, it's uh, it, it just speaks to like you know, it, it's it's incredible to see what's going on with baseball. Like, so many. I think there's just so many folks kind of like. It's the old try. It's the old tired argument of like, ah, baseball, whatever. No, yeah. no big deal. But I think it's what gets neglected is like what is happening internationally in yeah. the sport is as exciting as to me, like close to like the NBA level yep. of like it's there's just so much excitement outside of this country, uh, which is why I love things like the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. When it comes around. You really get a sense of like, oh, this is a big deal yes. in, in Latin countries and Asian countries, yep. stuff like that. Uh, for this show, uh, plans for the show. What do you got going on? Um, so we're going to, so like I told you earlier, so one of my coworkers is Kylie Maris. Her grandfather is Roger Maris. So as a little, crazy. as a little gift for her dad, they have a bunch of rookie cards, signed cards with his autograph on it. So she might even be in line right here to go get him authenticated. Um, we're yeah. going to do something like that. And we're just buying, selling, trading, just meeting people, networking, that kind of stuff. I got to ask Kylie after yeah. this. How does she feel about the fact that Judge right now might be passing Roger Maris? Like, that's got to be very conflicting at this point, right? It is, yeah. And we we kind of, you know, joke with her, rag on her a little bit and be like, oh, he's doing it. He's catching, you know, like, and I think she's okay with it. You know, I think she likes, but she understands records are meant to be broken. She, I think she likes Aaron Judge a lot, you know, and and he's a quality guy. Like, if if somebody's going to do it, like, that's a great guy to do, a great role role model, face of the game. Um, So I think she's, I think she's okay with it. Yeah. And she was like, and anyway, he's a righty. Roger will still have the lefty home run record. (laughs) As long (laughs) as he's got something. something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're good. There's a little asterisk there still. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anything you are personally seeking out at the show here? Actually, I'm going to collect some. So since we, I got connected with her, um, we're going to um, we're actually going to put together the 1961 top set. So I'm just going to look for a bunch of 61 tops around here this, so yeah, cool. this week. So that'll be cool. That yeah. is so cool. And then just honestly, just networking and yeah. meeting new people. I'm going to do some. I have a podcast of my own, so I'm just going to go around and people that have been super nice to me in the hobby that have educated me, helped me. I'm going to have them on my show and just talk and try to give them some love and that kind of stuff. So. That's awesome, yeah. dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't seen a ton of Pokemon. I was. I know you yeah. mentioned Pokemon too. Are you, any Pokemon that you're that you're looking for? Nothing specific. I actually okay. got a great Pokemon dealer back he's the kid that lives in baton rouge and he's just a hustler and um so he actually buys great cards and he'll come and sell them to me at great prices so honestly he's he's a great dealer for me and um yeah i wanted i wanted to focus more on some sports cards while i was here and networking and just kind of hanging out with everybody around the hobby that's a good call yeah Yeah. pokemon is man that's as a guy who probably also like you know i think anyone around our age is like that's how we first all got into this thing exactly and it goes from there but yeah it was all about like 
bringing the Pokemon cards to school. What do the you best. got? What do you got? Yep. And then, of course, the school catching on and banning the Pokemon <laughs> cards. I swear to God, my school, uh, my elementary school, has probably got a stash of Pokemon cards collecting dust somewhere. Yeah. There's probably a Charizard in there that worth like say some yeah, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. So. In lost and found. Yeah. You know. I mean, dust. it's going to the kids. So yeah, there we go. Is, it's all good. So, all right. Uh, before I let you go, I do want to kind of get some fast reactions. The trade deadline it. for baseball is a, a week away. Yep. Uh, today alone has been like, I just like have to take a step back because there's just so much going on. This is, I can't remember a trade deadline with this much potential I know. for just absolutely bonkers moves. I guess, first of all, like as a player, how did it, what was that feeling that approaching the trade deadline? Like, what did it feel like uh, in the clubhouse, uh, I guess, on both sides, yeah. if you were winning or if you were on a losing team? That's a great question. I think I have a lot of different perspectives on it, too, yeah. because I was fortunate enough to be a top prospect in the minor leagues, you know, so like, I, my first two or three years of pro ball, every trade deadline, it was like my name was in the mix because the Red Sox were going for it, right? Yeah. So it was like, do they give up their top prospects, you know, and a package to go get somebody? So I was on that perspective of it, like, man, it would be cool to go to a new team and like, you know, like maybe shoot up a little quicker because the Red Sox have all these big free agents. But then I was like, man, I really kind of want to stay here. I love the Red Sox, you it's know. It's a great organization. Exactly. Yeah. So it was like I had that weird perspective. Then when I got to the major leagues, I, I wasn't really good enough to be a, a, like a, a chip at the end of the trade deadline. Right. I wound up getting traded twice in the big leagues, which was kind of crazy. Um, but I never was like in talks and stuff like that. I just got to see a lot of my friends get affected by that, teammates, things like that. So that was a little that was a little different for me. Um, and then specifically, I got to make my debut because of the trade deadline. 2014, the Red Sox did a fire sale, and John Lackey got traded. I got to make his start, right. and that gave me my That's thing. Right. So I have a unique relationship with the trade deadline. And but I, I do feel for a lot of guys that are you know just on the cusp and trying to figure out what they're doing or leaving a team that they've been with for eight years you know or something like that so just uh it's a crazy time it really is yeah and i know it kind of from a different sport but like seeing all these kevin durant rumors right now i think i've seen jalen brown thrown crazy. into every single celtics rumor ever <laughs> i heard he's salty too yeah i mean yeah. yeah he put on twitter like shake my head like why am i always in this man <laughs> right, right. like let me live yeah. and i get it like it gets annoying exactly. like it, you know like being in that position as like a prospect like you said is almost the more crazy thing instead of being like maybe the juan soto or shohei otani where it's like well if i get traded like yeah i'm going to a good spot tender yep. you know so that 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 could definitely i could see just yeah. eat away at you after a while and then too yesterday so uh, dj left us some field passes and stuff so we were down there for bp and joey Ga i played with joey um Go joey gallo for a while so he saw me from across the way and he's like dude what are you doing here so i was just you know bsing with him a little bit and uh, and he was and i was like how are you doing dude and he's like i'm good i think i'm gonna get traded though and i was like yeah i was like yeah I, I was like I was like, but that might be good for you, dude. And he Absolutely. was like, yes. He was like, you know how it is in New York. If you don't perform, they hate you. He's like, so it would be a good fresh start. I'm like, exactly. You don't want to yeah. leave a contender and maybe the best team in the game, but you want to play the game for a long time yeah. do what's best for you and that yeah. kind of stuff too so there's, so. so there's a lot of truth to that i feel like as like commentators are always like they need a change of scenery yeah. they really need that but there's there really is a lot of truth to that then. huge huge truth to that yeah. even me too like um when i was at the rangers i was just in a, in a toxic place like i wasn't good mentally on my own right, right. and then um it was just you know i wasn't performing I, I needed to get out of there like it was just i didn't fit in with a lot of the guys like it just wasn't it just didn't work for me and as soon as i got to chicago it was like I can't believe how different this experience is, you know, and it was night and day. So it really is. It's nice to have a fresh start sometimes for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of those. Like I said, I was going to grill you on some of those Yeah, players. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, do it. Juan Soto, uh, man, I, I saw the package that apparently the Padres were offering. Well, well, I didn't hear. Okay, I, so I think it's from what I saw, C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Robert Hassel, and at least two other prospects. 
But do you, that's I heard that the, the Nationals are going to make an offer, though. Yeah. One more offer. The latest was the Nats are going to make an offer, and if he rejects it, right. trade. we're going for it. Yeah, yeah. That's we're, it. He's gone. Yeah. Do you think that's a little tactical move by them a little bit to be like, hey, man, you want to stay here or sign? Or like, oh, yeah, 100%. And yeah. especially because, like, they're in such a weird place right now because yeah. they've got – it sounds like they're going to get new ownership in a couple years here. Yep. Who wants to buy a team that doesn't have Juan Soto exactly. that just had Juan yep. Soto? That's, that's an the asset that's that, they, that they need, yep, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah especially because it's they're already in rebuild mode. Yep. And I don't know, maybe they just see it as like – we tried to do this rebuild thing, and this guy, and, and to his credit, doesn't have the patience for it. Like, yeah. I'm in my prime right now. Like, I yep. want to win now, so I don't blame him. Yeah. But where, if you're a collector of Juan Soto, where would you want Juan Soto to go? There was a rumor that I heard of him going to New York at one point. It's apparently he wants to go to the yeah. Nets. I don't know how true that is, but I, think, I guess his agent kind of leaked it out. Like, yeah. he wouldn't mind going. Right, right. Or Boris, I think. Is, yeah, yeah, Boris, yeah, of course. You know. Exactly. Very cryptic. Scott Boris, very He's very cryptic. strategic and tactical, yeah. too, the way he says things. Even oh, his, like, yeah. It's so crazy. Always has a good line yep. going into the winter meetings or, like, yep. the state of the game with Scott Boris. Yep. I mean, for, it's, for better or worse, it's yep. must see TV. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, I, I don't know. I would love to see him. I mean, yeah, I'd like to see him in a big market. That's what, you know, in a big city that's con- contending in the postseason. He was so electric a couple years ago in the postseason, you know, just as a young yeah. kid. So now it would be nice to see him a little bit more mature and older and stronger to see how he how he performs with the big, on the big stage. So um, I don't know. But San Diego would be kind of cool, too, that lineup. And that would make them a, a heavy player against the oh Dodgers. Oh, my God. I mean, him and Tatis is getting healthy. Machado. Scary. That would be that, scary. That's probably your best middle of the order yeah. in baseball. And then Ho- Hosmer is a good hitter. Yeah. He's just not having a great, you know, a great year or, like, pro- super productive. But he's you know he's a stud like and he Absolutely. performs in the postseason too like Absolutely. dude that's i would be i would be excited to see him to go to san diego that would yeah. be kind of cool cronenworth there's something yep. pitching's there yep. it's yeah it'd be a scary thought it'd it be would a really scary thought how about shohei though uh well, let me let me put it to you this yes. way just talk about soto if you're a gm yep would you rather get soto for about two years here or would you rather get shohei for about well, i guess what a year and a half but you if you got all that time to negotiate right which of those two is it a more obvious choice than i'm even thinking or to is me it like, is it's a no-brainer that yeah. i want shohei like yeah. no no doubt i'm like weirdly obsessed with that dude like it's 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 i think we all are. <laughs> yeah, i know yeah. it's, it's it's more just a fascination you're just like and and what i love about sports is we don't even realize what we're witnessing right now. We, 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 we talk about it, but we're going to look back and be like, the things that he di- he was doing, we didn't even re- – it was like Steph Curry in 2015, right? Like, yeah. we're just like, oh, we're, this is going to be Steph for the rest of our lives, and we're going to see this forever. And it's like, no, what he was doing was ridiculous. And that's why I'm appreciating it so much every day, what he's what he's doing. It's, it's impressive. It's so incredible yeah. what's happening. And yet he's probably not going to win the MVP. Because like, you know what? It, that's crazy. You yeah. know what's going to happen with him is he's going to keep doing this yeah. for the next, like, five years probably yeah. if he stays healthy and it's going to be like what happened to Bonds yep. where it's just like are we really going to give it to Barry Bonds again? again. <laughs> exactly. We keep giving it to yeah. this guy yeah. and I, I fear that's what's going to happen with Shohei yeah. but God just uh, the, the thought that he could even get dealt right I now. Know, it's crazy but maybe he gets dealt awesome. to somebody and uh, 
and then performs down the stretch, and maybe he's on a contender and he wins that MVP, you know? Yeah, like, cause, cause, I don't know. Point. We'll see, but yeah. yeah, that's crazy. That's a really good point. Yeah. God, it's going to be uh, absolutely incredible trade deadline. I can't wait for it. Uh, I'm buckled up. I'm ready. Got yeah. my popcorn. Yeah. Last one I got to ask you. Yeah. Uh, I always try to ask people, like, what's, like, the, the, the crown jewel of your collections? Um, if you had to basically keep one card from your personal collection right yeah. now, what would it be? That's tough. Yeah, it's gonna. I'm. I'm gonna throw an answer out there that is. It's not a crazy valuable card, but it's a. It's a meaningful card to me, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, right? Um, when I was a kid, my dad in his, he had an office at the house, right, and so he had a, a, a Ken Griffey Jr. Donruss Kings, 19, 1993 Donruss Kings. Ken Griffey Jr. was like one of the art ones in Diamond Kings. It was. It's not an expensive card at all. Just a cool card, and it was in a case, a screw case, you know. And I always yeah. went to go. He, Don't touch it. That's mine. Don't even look at it, you know. <laughs> and when he brought my collection down, he was like, "You can finally have this now." And I'm like, oh, thanks, dude. So I went and got it graded and got an eight and a half from SGC. But it just it's a great piece in our store. It looks cool, and it's so, so meaningful to me. So I don't think I would ever sell that card just because it has so much sentimental value. And to that's, me. that is exactly the correct answer. Yeah. I feel like with anybody, it's not, it's not like the, like, oh, yeah, it's my Luca, this right, one, right. blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's the one that probably got you into it. And exactly. like, what is this thing? What yep. is, you know, and that's, that's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Know, so, uh, Anthony, thank you so much. Let, no, let the you. people know where can we find you, yeah. uh, the shop, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I got a shop in Baton Rouge called Cards and Culture. You can check us out on online. Our website's cardsandculture.com. Um, all our social media is Cards and Culture. Keep it simple. Um, and I'm Anthony Renato. So Anthony underscore R-A-N-A-U-D-O. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. TikTok. I'm starting TikTok. Can't believe I'm saying that. I but, know. But we're, I am, we're behind so. on the TikTok thing, too. Oh. Don't, so don't behind, but yeah. There's a part of me like I can't do it, even though like you know, uh, I I already feel like I'll just be the old man on TikTok. Exactly, like, that would be weird. But I feel like then I'm my dad when when phones came out and stuff, right. you know, and he's like, I can't do this, and like yeah, I'm like I, I gotta learn, I gotta adapt. I made a rule. I was like, once I hit 30, whatever social media I'm on, that's it. That's it. That's it. So <laughs> we're too fast. It's over. <laughs> it's over. It's over now. So, Anthony, yeah. thanks so much, dude. dude. This was awesome. Thank Appreciate you. It. Yeah. Once again, huge thank you to Anthony Renato. You can check out uh, the shop. It's Cards and Culture in Baton Rouge. Man, big things are happening here at the National. You can hear it behind me. It's been like this all day. It's super fun. Guys, it's, if, you, if you came out here, I hope you had a great time. Uh, if not, come out in Chicago next year. Really cool stuff here. Uh, but check out Anthony Renato. Cards and Culture. That's the shop in Baton Rouge. The Up and In Show is the podcast talking about the hobby and much more uh check him out on instagram anthony underscore renato check him out great dude really fun conversation and uh, hey make sure to check us out if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast mojo break sports card show that is the, the thing to look up and to type in your spotify or apple Podcasts, or whatever wherever you listen to us make sure to subscribe mojo break sports card show wax packs warning tracks on tuesdays the hype on thursdays cody pasby signing off for another edition of wax packs warning tracks here from the National. See ya.